0: Hello, happy new year and welcome back to Creative Lives. This is the podcast brought to you by Lecture in Progress, where we get to know inspiring creatives, how they got to where they are today, and their wisdom for those just starting out. Our guest this week is Crystal Genesis. My name's Crystal Genesis. I'm a journalist and also
1: work in artistic programming.
0: She tells us all about her journey, as well as sharing some stellar advice for anyone wanting to work in podcasting, from interviewing and editing tips to her advice on monetizing your own production. With a background working at the BBC on shows like Radio 4's Today program and Women's Hour, right through to Six Music, Crystal began to identify a real need for a new type of journalism that had more integrity, one that welcomed a much wider range of voices and perspectives made by people that weren't only from privileged backgrounds. And in 2017, she launched Stance, a globally minded arts and culture podcast, a format that gave her complete creative control over her ideas. Initially a side project, today she spends two days a week crafting in-depth pieces about topics that range from decolonizing yoga to the female prison experience, interviewing the likes of Me Too founder Tarana Burke, actor Riz Ahmed, or artist Juliana Huxtable. In the remaining three days, Crystal produces courses, workshops, and performance programs for young people at the Southbank Centre, encouraging new talent to realise their own potential. Through our chat, Crystal shared how she went from blagging her way onto a media course despite being underage, to scoring work experience at the BBC, as well as some of the frustrations she felt while working in a homogenous media landscape. But we started by finding out what Crystal's working days can look like. The thing is, I've never had a typical
1: day because even when you're working in a newsroom or working in a production house, like when I was at the BBC, there's never a typical day because it's all about the news agenda or like what people are talking about in terms of arts and culture. So I'm kind of attracted to that. And I think a lot of people are actually because then you don't really get bored which is like a key thing for me. You don't get bored. Sometimes it's crazy, but you don't get bored. So if I'm working on Stance, that will be like a Monday morning. I'll look at like things like accounts and then I'll chase up emails or I'll write proposals. I'll go for meetings. I will guest pitch. I will answer a lot of press pitches as well because lots of people pitch to me. And then I'll also do some interviews or I'll do some editing And kind of that's a typical day. So it's quite busy. South Bank is kind of similar in a way. So I will go into the office, check my emails, have internal meetings, external meetings. I might do some outreach, connecting to different like grassroots organisations with the young people that I want to connect with. But most importantly, find out what they want and what they're interested in and how I can offer them something, but with something that makes it more exciting and interesting, you know, there might be a course, like a poetry course, and then they will be able to perform in the Royal Festival Hall in like the Claw Ballroom as part of Poetry International Festival, whereas that's something that you can actually put on your CV, which will like help you. So I'm always looking at things like that. Or the Hayward Gallery, we might do like a mobile filmmaking and photography course, because obviously lots of young people don't own laptops because they're super expensive. But A lot of them have phones. So then they'll have like an exhibition connected to the Hayward Gallery in the Hayward. So, like, I'm always looking at things like that. And then I'll also be writing evaluations on like different projects, which sounds so boring, but it's good because it means you just get better and better at what you're doing. You can really see the kind of impact to a certain extent. Writing project documents and then just like delivering events and kind of being there when it's happening and, you know, looking at the artists that we've got coming in to lead it. Lots of managing relationships. And obviously getting to see like, lots of good arts and culture. <laughs> so it's quite fun.
0: Growing up in Brixton, Crystal found herself drawn to the world of media from a young age. As a child, she devoured newspapers and knew every newsreader's name by heart teaching her that no matter what the story, the way it was packaged was a craft in itself.
1: I left school with OK GCSEs and then I wanted to study like A-levels but it didn't work out and I wanted to do like history, politics and something else and I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do? And then I was like, oh, i flick through perspectives. And I saw this course, City and Guilds Level 3 at Vauxhall College, which was wicked actually. And you learn about production, media. And then I was looking at the course and it sounded amazing, but you had to be 19. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go there. So I went there and I spoke to the guy who led the course and he was like, I'll let you on, I'll let you on. Why not? And then I did the course and it was the most amazing course. Everyone was from like different backgrounds, different places, different parts of their life. And it was just, you had like such engaging conversations. And basically the great thing about it is that you just made stuff. That's sort of cut the long story short you made pieces you made adverts you made mini documentaries you discussed politics you would write assignments as opposed to essays which is actually like much more suited to my brain actually and then I think someone said to me like oh have you thought about journalism and my brother said that to me as well And I think just because I like chatting to people, basically, and finding out what they like and just having conversations, which is like proper luxury, don't you think? I obviously didn't realise at the time, like, oh my God, what, you know, I didn't know it would be competitive. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't ever look at it like that. And then I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. So then I got into um, London College of Communication, which was just down the road as well. So that's another tragic thing. I like Brixton to Vauxhall, then Vauxhall to Elephant Castle. Like, how tragic. And now I'm in Borough. <laughs> I haven't even moved. I did a thing called a foundation degree, which is no longer in place, unfortunately. But it's basically like an intensive degree where instead of doing essays, you do projects you just make stuff all the time and then I was thinking about making it a BA so doing the last year to do a dissertation and then a mate said to me why don't you apply to do the postgraduate diploma in broadcast journalism and I was like mm, yeah all right why not and so I applied for that and got in So now now no longer going but it was going for like 30 years or something it's like quite a famous course and you learn a you know it's a hard course but it's you're just making stuff all the time so it was fun
0: after completing the course at LCC, Crystal's next step was to find work experience, which she soon landed with BBC Radio. With no previous knowledge of or contacts in the media world, she tells us how she was able to make those early connections and begin to expand her network.
1: I just applied and like contacted people, and again, like I didn't have any networks at all. And throughout college, university, well actually, if I'm being honest, since I was around 11 actually, I've been working. And I've really liked it from like paper round cafes, like Saturday girl doing hairdressing, like even like making those flyers, putting those flyers in a bag for when people come out raves. Anyway, so I've always kind of like worked. And the great thing about that, like a, a job that's not connected to necessarily what you want to do is you're just meeting lots of people. And then through that, people would like help me. I remember I used to work as like a cocktail waitress and there was this guy who was like head of sponsorship for this like massive company but he was so genuine and amazing and he was like oh i know someone who can help you can do work experience at like kiss for instance and he helped me so i had like lots of helpful people and then i just found out who's the people at bbc london you know so then i just contacted them and then you obviously have to hassle people that's another thing that people like oh my god i don't want to be on their back but like it's not that they're ignoring you it's just that they're busy and that's what people should remember so I think I've just been like really lucky. People have been like really helpful, but yeah, I didn't have any networks. So that was at BBC London, and then I did that for a couple of weeks. And then like a week later, they called me and said, "Oh, do you want to start freelancing?" So then I just started freelancing for like Vanessa Felt Show, who's definitely like one of the hardest working women you'll ever meet, to be honest. She's like such a grafter, she's really inspiring, I think. And then Eddie Nestor show, which is like the drive time show, and Robert Elm show. So I was like working there as like a broadcast assistant, they're called. But it's essentially like assistant producer, but you work with the producer and you're like phone bashing and then you're like getting guests in, you're collecting them, making tea, coffee, printing scripts and coming up with ideas.
0: It was an experience that taught Crystal the importance of expressing your opinions and ideas in a way world- Working environment with confidence, understanding the value that your perspective can bring rather than quietly fitting in.
1: The thing is, I think, which people should always remember is that, like, you can make it what you want. Say what you want to say early on, because the longer you're in those environments, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say what I want to say. You fit the role. But you shouldn't fit the role. You should just be who you are and suggest ideas, because actually, it's people respond a lot better to that. So don't feel like, oh, my role is just to like print stuff and answer the phones and pitch. Actually, your role is also to like get involved in the editorial process and come up with things. I think people respond well to it. And if you're wrong and off the mark, they'll tell you, and then you'll know how to make it better after that I went to Six Music and that was great, working at Steve Lemack's show Keris Matthews when she first started out which was really fun and that was kind of working as a BA assistant producer role as well and then I went and worked at Radio 4 and that's part of where I kind of regret because early on it's like quite intimidating like some people are like talking in Latin in the meetings you're like what the hell is this person talking about and then some people would be like oh, and start laughing yeah but I still had lots of people who like helped train me and develop me and then I ended up doing some producer work there which was good and then from there like moved around and did great things so I suppose a little bit in, in terms of regret in that aspect because actually people need you to speak up especially if you're the only black person in the room for instance or if you're the only person who's like not from the south of England so there's lots of like nuances but I think you should always say what you feel like you need to say if you're like informed.
0: It was soon time to move on, prompted in part by a major life experience. I had a baby,
1: actually. <laughs> I was pregnant, so also I felt I'd done enough there. So I'd been there for a bit, and I'd like learned how to like write really sharp, fantastic briefs, how to get difficult interviews, how to like negotiate. So you learn lots of amazing skills there, and also like editing things like that. And then I wanted to do international stuff as well. So then I started working in the international affairs unit, and also working on the international news desk. Like commissioning, editing scripts and things like that, and also navigating and coordinating all the international news coverage. Not just me with a team of people, which was like quite full-on and quite hectic. You know, breaking news stories. You know, everyone's screaming at you, get this person, I want this person, and then you're like speaking to a journalist in the field who's like really tired. And you know, it, it was a crazy job. But it was great. You learn lots of things about organisation, coordination, editorial knowledge and stuff and I did that as a producer role
0: Moving roles within the BBC Crystal got a job in Washington DC as a producer for the International Affairs Desk and both she and her husband made the move stateside Rather than straight news her new role involved a lot of arts and culture coverage By the time Crystal moved back to the UK a seed had been sown to do something different And in January 2017, she launched her own podcast, Stance, which was quickly met with loyal listeners and critical acclaim. In 2018, it won Best Arts and Culture Show and Rising Star in the Online Radio Awards, as well as being recognised by the British Podcast Awards, The Observer, The Times and The Financial Times, to name a few. Brexit happened and I could see how
1: badly the coverage was. Not only how they're depicting people who voted leave, but also the arrogance of, like, Remain is going to be the way forwards. Even though there were lots of, like, Brexit people there, like, people talked about after that they voted Brexit, actually, just for the hell of it. And I've heard people say that since, which is crazy. Anyway, I was really upset by the coverage and how it was being done, and I felt like I didn't want to be part of it anymore. Although I was working in foreign news, I just didn't like the vibe. I could tell that something was changing and that I wanted to be a part of a different type of journalism that had more integrity so I was working with a woman called Heta, who's no longer part of it actually, but she's working in uh, other exciting areas. She was in San Francisco, I was in London. I always wanted to do something transatlantic because I was in Washington and really inspired by what was going on there. And I thought it's like an interesting idea, arts, culture, current affairs. And then like within three months, it was like off the ground, monthly podcast. And then just started to get loads of people really liking it. We don't have a massive marketing budget or anything. And I still find people who are like, oh my God, I've just discovered Stance, I love it. And that's great actually. So like, I wouldn't say we're like popular, But I think that lots of people who are interested in arts culture, like global perspectives, learning stuff and like interested in like nice scripted, sound filled, textured audio will like it. So, yeah, from then we just started to get like lots of reviews, became a Tate Exchange associate, started travelling and it's just kind of like grown. I think it was something that was like really desperately needed. I just wasn't sure who would care. I think that was the key thing. And people did care and they were interested in it. So I think they wanted something that had a bit of a vibe of Radio 4 in terms of some of the ways that you will tell some of the stories. But they didn't want it to be as stiff and they wanted it to be more like global, kind of curious. But then also it had a DIY edge because I was like doing it in my house and also I kind of liked the fact that I was just doing it in my house and I was like out there just making pieces to deadline, I'm not a perfectionist as well so it's just like this is what I've done to deadline I'm really happy with it but I was doing everything, I was like writing all the scripts I was writing all the questions for the pieces so there was like a lot of work but when you're like loving something it's quite easy to do
0: Unlike traditional radio, podcasting gave Crystal the opportunity to have complete creative control over her ideas.
1: It's something that's quite freeing. You can do what you want with it and you can be experimental. And I like trying things out. It might not work, but like, so what? At least you've tried something out. So I've always kind of had that approach. And also you just have the freedom. You know, it's independent. I can do what I want, which is quite good, actually. (laughs) So, yeah, it's kind of like I do, you know, I can do what I want. I think this is something that's good about journalism and like commissioning and, and editing copy is that like you really drill down on what it's about because sometimes you can just get really excited by the ideas but it's like okay what is it put it in a couple of sentences so you have to have a rough idea of like what you're trying to do don't get to be too precious with what you're doing that's another thing you're like oh my god everything's so amazing this interview of an hour is so amazing it's like trust me you can cut off you know people say the same thing in different ways so there's ways that you can do that. Like just thinking through things and then also thinking about who do you want to know about it and then speaking to those people or like writing press releases, like googling how do you do it and then doing that. So again, it's like DIY thing of like doing everything. So thinking about the idea, putting it out there interviewing people, being really clear on what it is, how much time you're going to take with them, and then obviously not giving too much information as well. Because if you want someone really big, you don't want to be like, okay, I can do this time, that time. No, just wait to see what they can do. And then you say, what time can you do? And then you work around it, you know. And so, like that, and then editing, and then obviously, like, getting it out there.
0: In the three years since Crystal moved into podcasting, it's become a much more populated space, especially as celebrities and traditional broadcasters move into this area. To make sure that people from underrepresented backgrounds are empowered and equipped to do the same, Crystal runs workshops to help young people launch their own series. And this includes running monthly event Violet Nights at the Southbank Centre.
1: I know that people who don't come from the podcasting media world have far more interesting ideas, actually, or can just do something that's really different. Their ideas and ways of thinking are really, really different. So that's why I run a podcasting course once a month at Southbank Centre. I'm also starting to do some at Tate as well, I'm just connected to Stance. I think the common things. A lot of it's about demystifying, which I'm really happy to do. I love like demystifying things. I'm not going to be like it's mine and like you know be like I'm the only person that can do it because of X, Y, and Z. I think that's absolute rubbish, and I think the more the merrier. And also, like, don't be too much perfectionist, again, which I just have to say. Put your work out there. But I think a lot of it's demystifying. A lot of it's just, like, almost consultancy-type stuff. But I don't mind doing that for, like, young people. I'm, like, totally happy to do that. So a lot of it's like that. Also, like, how to make money from it, which I think is a really key thing as well. So I talk to people about that.
0: One of the key skills in podcasting is editing, as Crystal explains.
1: Editorial, people don't know what that means. It can mean so many things, fashion world, whatever. But journalistically, like, what is the best bit of content to keep and what sort of questions should you be asking what directions how do you have an overarching arc in a programme and I'm happy to talk to people about that not that I've like got the magic bullet or whatever but I've been working a lot in different teams and organisations so I kind of it just is about different ways of like organising your brain so that, things like that I think there's always a the thing that I was taught early days of journalism, who, what, why, where, when. I think everyone should always have that in their minds. Obviously, if you're interviewing, you need to, like, listen instead of always focusing on your questions because then you'll miss something and the interviewer might be like, oh, my God, they haven't listened to anything I said if you're just, like, don't pick up on stuff. It's also, like, a little thing of, like, if someone said something and you're like, hmm, that's interesting, ask it, unless it's rude. But also in terms of overarching themes and, like, how that works... Obviously, with starts we have, like, a main bulk of the programme. We have a main section, which is, like, the topic, which might be looking at recently, like, Revolutionary Mothering or coming up, you know, Disappeared, which is coming up, or, like, Queer Activism, you know, Manchester's LGBTQ scene or, like, Experimental Music Festival, like, loads of random things. And we'll think about all the different elements within that. Sometimes you want to have the same thread going through it, but then you don't want it to be the same actual thing. So it's kind of subtle really there's lots of different things that you can do but also like textures as well like how you're going to make it feel and sound different that's from my perspective because I go out and about and I suppose try not to do everything that everyone else is doing like use your brain because you are unique so don't copy someone else completely obviously you can take elements from different podcasts and please take stuff from Stance if you want to but like try and use your brain in the way that your brain was built and embrace that
0: Crystal then went on to share her advice on how to go about monetizing your podcast, which could also apply to independent editorial platforms in various guises.
1: So there's lots of different things you can do. Firstly, create like a media pack which like I didn't know what the hell that was but it's basically a document which says I'm so amazing and this is why I am and it's a bit cringe but again you have to embrace some of this stuff as long as you like don't get high on your own supply everything will be fine and take it with a pinch of salt and laugh a little bit how cringe it is. Stan's podcast ears blah 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 Um, so that's like a key thing. Create media packs then when you're meeting different organisations or those people that you would like to sponsor the programme you can then share it with them which should have like audience reach who you think your listeners are, why people should work with you, hire highlights that you've had so that's kind of how I make money from it but I have people supporting the podcast other things as well is actually a lot of the time through me so I'll be curating stuff and then get paid for that and then that goes into the podcast or I'll do like some branded content sometimes which is always really good because you get a nice amount of money for it so things like that really help and again if you've got like an interesting idea like approach them they'll say no and that's fine just like move on but if you get, like, lots and lots of listeners, you can just you can monetize it through, like, different companies, but I'm personally not interested in doing that. I've been approached, actually, from different organisations who want us to join their networks, but I won't have as much control. It's important that Stance is, like, presented in the right way. And also, it actually hasn't necessarily worked out that it'll be as useful for us, because actually I can make more money doing it myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although Stance might have started off as a side project... Crystal explains why it's this kind of self-initiated work that can make all the difference to your career journey.
1: I think it makes you more attractive to employers and people, definitely. And also, I think that's that thing about not caring as well, because it's like, actually, it gives you even more confidence in what you're doing. Also, you have to put work in as well. I'm sure most people work hard anyway. You have to work hard. It's a lot of grafting. It's like after work, weekends and things. And it's obviously harder if you have children, for instance. But, like, it works and... If you've got support, then that's really good. But also don't go down like a rabbit hole as well of just like fixating about one particular aspect of the project. Like just just move away from it, work on something else, and then come back to it, fresh ears. (laughs) And then ask people, seek advice as well. And if you're gonna seek advice people that you don't know, don't take up too much of their time and be really clear about why you want to meet with them.
0: The Creative Lives Podcast is brought to you by Lecture in Progress a platform helping emerging talent grow fulfilling creative careers. I'm Indy Davis, and our guest this week was Crystal Genesis. Our editor is Ivor Manley, with production support from Laura Snowde. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of our brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Colophon Foundry, Gifgaf, and the Paul Smith Foundation. Find out more at Lectureinprogress.com. And we also love hearing from you, so do get in touch or leave us a rating. See you next week.